Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yellen. Our guest today has had multiple brain surgeries resulting from a diagnosis of an inoperable tumor on the brainstem. Now, you're probably asking, what's the brainstem? Well, the Mayo Clinic tells us that the brainstem, where the brain connects to the spinal cord, controls such basic functions as breathing, heartbeat, and other critical functions. Tumors that develop in this area of the brain are especially difficult to treat since any intervention in the area can cause devastating neurological damage. And our guest today joining us from Oregon to share her story is Jessamine Way and her husband, Todd. Jessamine, thanks for doing this. We interviewed you three years ago and things were fine, but you've uh, since had surgery last summer. How many brain surgeries have you had over the years? (laughs) <laughs> let me let him explain that because of the brain surgeries. Well, I forget things due to them removing. Sure. You had uh, the first brain surgery in 2009 in uh, to save your life. I believe it was in late March, 2009. And then recently again in November of 2021 was the first surgery here in Oregon with regards to her latest issues. And then again in June of 2022, and then uh, two more surgeries, three more surgeries in August of uh, 2022. So Mm. that would make five, Five. six total, six total, total, yeah. And the original surgery um, in 2009. Two craniotomies that were... uh, very, very extensive, went into her brain. Uh, actually, three craniotomies, counting the uh, emergency plunge event that they had during the last surgery, which was not a good thing. And then uh, she has a uh, was has a, a reactive neurostimulator that's mounted in her skull. Oh. So, yeah. Well, the interesting thing, Todd, is she has more hair than you and I. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just shaved my mouth too. <laughs> she had these three surgeries. Did you say in October or when she had three in one month? I'm just curious as to why she had three of them. Yeah, the first one was a stereotactic EEG in August to find the remnants of the tumor that they didn't get in. So the the first resection included a stereotactic EEG in November 20. 21 and then finally the surgery wasn't until june of 2022 so we had to wait eight months until they were able to do the surgery because of covid and everything and we just had a limited amount of time so between the first stereotactic eeg which was 26 24 holes screwed in her drilled through her head and, and probes inserted into her brain and then they, they they got the information from that study and were able to pinpoint the where the tumors were now or in the hippocampus on the left side. So in June of 2022, they resected most of the left hippocampus, but they didn't get it all. 
And then they came back again and we had to go back in in August of 2022 to have another stereotactic EEG, another resection of the remainder of the left hippocampus and the installation of a reactive neurostimulator, which is quite uh, a long and arduous procedure. Um, so yeah, so we're done having surgeries for a while. Yeah. <laughs> They said they don't need to refresh the batteries for uh, seven to 10 years. <laughs> so can I ask why she had three surgeries in one month? Sure. Yeah, three surgeries. Well, uh, in August of 2022, she was still suffering from uh, the ill effects of the first resection of the left hippocampus performed in June. They didn't get the whole thing. They only got about 60% of it because the this type of laser uh, filament guided laser resection of the deep brain tissues is really dangerous. It sits really right next to the optical nerve. So they didn't want to fry the optical nerve and leave her blind in one eye. So with a, with a 3,500 watt laser. So they stopped and then ordered another stereotactic EEG so they could identify exactly where the hippocampus was they needed to ablate. And since we were there and she was suffering a lot of really extreme symptoms, pain and uh, depression and increased seizures because of the first surgery wasn't completed. So they went in and did a stereotactic EEG. And then 10 days later, they resected the, the rest of the left hippocampus. And then later that same day, they installed the reactive neurostimulator. I guess she was intubated for close to 20 hours that day. It took a long, she's still not recovered from that surgery. Yeah, but I, and this is, the reason why I point to him is because my short-term memory, basically losing my left hippocampus, I don't remember a lot of things now, but that slowly things are coming back. It's just taking its time. And also, uh, it was, you know, stressful because while you're in the hospital, they weren't giving me the cannabis either. And so then that increases my pain and stress level as well. Jessamina, I want to ask you a question that over the course of the years, when you gave birth to one of your daughters, it was discovered that you had a brain tumor and you were rushed to surgery and doctors saying your chances of survival were only five to 10 percent. Not very good. And if you did survive, it was unlikely you would be able to walk or talk normally. Is that correct? Well, it's my son who I had the first emergency brain surgery with. And that yeah. was 10 days after he was born. Yeah. They said that then. And then um, my daughter's and he's now 14. My daughter, Ayoka, is seven today. And Anya is five. <laughs> Today is a yoga birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> so, but during those pregnancies, I tried to use the medication they provided and um, before those pregnancies, and I lost two pregnancies. And mm -hmm. then I was like, I'm done with this. And I switched completely on to the high C CBD cannabis oil that we make. And it looks like this and it's, mm -hmm. you know, we measure it. Cause I tell people smoking doesn't work and high THC doesn't work with me cause I'll get more epileptic. So it's a high, high CBD with a small amount of THC to relax me, but not so much as to make me. Eh. So 
but I was actually able to make it through her pregnancy and Ayoka's pregnancy and Anya's pregnancy because of the cannabis was able to completely control the seizures enough to, you know, have them. And I got off all pharmaceutical medication during that time because I didn't want to risk, you know, children being born with it. Yeah. Wow. That's quite an accomplishment in itself. Holy. Yeah. It really is. It was dodgy. (laughs) I bet. I mean, I think it's absolutely remarkable what you've gone through and uh, what you've survived. You've defied the odds. And you've had these surgeries, these seizures, and you seem to be functioning quite normally. How would you say she's functioning, Todd? Uh, Other than the removal of her entire short-term memory processing. (laughs) Uh, Well, so the right hippocampus is taking over, according to the docs, and this whole process takes quite a while. Mm -hmm. Um, So... We're expecting it to be in process of rerouting itself for the next couple of years. It's only been six months. And six months, uh, yeah. done fantastic since then. I, when she first came out of surgery, she literally did not know who I was. She had to look at her phone, look at the picture on the wall, look at the phone, <laughs> look at the picture on the wall, and then think about it for a while. Yeah, and he has pictures of all the surgery and everything, and I don't even remember all of that happening. And uh, it was during, it was before that surgery. So between the birth of Anya and that surgery was when I developed that brainstem glioma in my throat. And that was the cancerous. Well, the timeline's a little bit off, but that's okay. You got the the brainstem glioma was, was, was found when they were doing scans of your original 2009 tumor to make sure it wasn't returning. And they found another tumor growing in your brainstem at that time. See me in numbers. 2012. <laughs> and that's when um, we started getting really worried that you were going to die in 2012, 13. And that's when you started, we started ramping up the cannabis oil and started doing the um, juicing, the juice feasting, got rid of the detox, the entire house. And that's actually once you started, you actually started improving once you went on to the cannabis oil, yeah. 100% actually, because uh, we had a couple of pregnancies lost because of the allopathic epilepsy drugs. It actually will end the fetuses. Yeah, it was, it was hard. Had a DNC after the been an atopic pregnancy, which is, and then we had a pregnancy without a heartbeat. And then at that point, we decided we're just going to quit all epilepsy meds and just stick with the cannabis oil and the vegetable juicing. And that's when you were able to carry both the girls to term. And then, Well, yeah. the brainstem glioma cancer in my throat was when all I couldn't up. swallow. That was all cleared Yeah, up. they told me I had, you know, three months or they could do chemo and they'd give me six months. And that's another reason we went fully from me being on a meat and um, vegetable only diet. And I went the other direction and went organic vegan and no sugar, you know, no carbohydrate. And then that thing was able to shrink because I had to use, you know, smoothies and oil. to. Yeah, we detoxed Mm -hmm. your entire system and you were able to get rid of those allopathic epilepsy meds, which kill pregnancies. They just, yeah, they, they cause, you know, they're, they're, well, people are told not to use 
allopathic epilepsy meds like um, dilantin when they, if they're trying to have children because it will cause birth defects or cause miscarriages in our case. So. And, you know, even more seizure too is what I found, <laughs> even though it didn't work. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Sometimes I'm allergic to them as well. I'm allergic to nine different seizure medications. They have tried 29 yeah, on me now. <laughs> you're a non-responder to allopathic seizure meds. I tell people I'm very much for cannabis oil, you know, and using it, but I'm also for lifestyle changes and being healthy and, you know, eating healthy mm -hmm. because it doesn't just work to use the cannabis oil. You have to do, you know, everything to take care of yourself. I used to be a 300 pound woman wearing size 24. So you're going to see me get back into sprint triathlons and everything, even because he's a bike racer and he's great at it. So yeah. And the cannabis oil, I still take daily. I take it in the evenings and early mornings because I need it to, you know, keep me lower on the seizures. If I stop taking it, my seizures will up and, and I don't want that. So it is a blessing. And I am very thankful that he is, you know, he helps, he very much helps produce it because I am trying to tell people, you know, this is something that I want them to legalize and take down from a level one um, in the United States, because we all need to be able to just grow it in our backyard. It's, it's, it's that easy. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're making it so many restrictions and everything. So eventually I do want, one of my goals is to go in front of the white house and say, listen, you can look at all my records and, you know, see that this is something that needs to be supported, fully legalized and, you know, taken care of because it's, it's so many little rules and regulations and <laughs> it's difficult for some states and that's not fair to others that are dealing with this sort of epilepsy. I know you said Jasmine that you're you use primarily high CBD. I'm curious as to when you had the actual glioma, did you use high THC then? Was there ever a point that you used high THC or maybe did you start out using high THC and discovered very quickly that that was not for you as far as your condition or how did that go? We had more of a closer to 50/50 then. That's all we could get in Washington. There was no, uh, there were no uh, th uh, CBD strains available in 2012, 13. They just weren't around. And um, that's one of the reasons why we moved to Oregon is to get access to hemp, believe it or not, because it's just, you couldn't find it in Washington unless you wanted to pay $50 a gram. Yeah. And she uses about a gram a day. <laughs> so do the math. And I went from... You know, I can take it every six hours now and be good. When I was pregnant, I needed to take it every three hours and a larger dose. And it was, you know, to help hold the baby. But we were actually treating the glioma with, believe it or not, it was scrap material that <laughs> her grower friend was throwing away stems and just junk uh, THC plants. They were years old. They had broken down into their THC had broken down. And so they had a lot of CBN and CBD in it. And so basically I was making medicine out of stems. It would take me five pounds of stem to make what I can make out of flowers here with half a pound. So it was a huge struggle at first to make enough CBD. They call it Rick Simpson oil, but you know, CBD extract. I call it, it's, it's full extract cannabis oil is what mm -hmm. it is with ethanol extract. We don't use any white gas or anything like that. Just 
regular old alcohol. You can make it at home. Yeah. It's several, it's quite tricky to make, but it's worthwhile and it's expensive to make, but it sure is a heck of a lot less expensive than buying it at the dispensary. Yeah. Especially when you have to take it for years and years and years. But your initial question about the cancer, yes, we used uh, quite a bit higher THC blend. We didn't have it measured because we were just making it quick as we could to save your life. And I didn't have access to, you know, giant garbage bags full of CBD or THC or anything. I just had, we had no access to anything. And uh, so, yeah, we just started begging, borrowing and stealing to get as much <laughs> cannabis as we could. And I cooked it in a crock pot with coconut oil and just went to town. I got educated myself on making medicine for her overnight, literally within a year I was extracting with alcohol and now I'm extracting with alcohol and I have a reverse still so I can make bigger batches. So I don't have to constantly make batches for her over and over again. I can make one batch that last her, you know, six months now. So, uh, because it is very mm -hmm. two or three weeks to make one batch. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. so. Well, that's great. So Jasmine, I heard you say that you do, I think you said a gram a day of the oil now and that when you were pregnant, you needed more. Are there certain symptoms, for lack of a better word, uh, that start showing to say to you, I'm going to need to be taking more oil? I believe during the pregnancy, I would just get, because she, Ayoko was still born a little bit early, but not just three weeks, just three weeks, but uh, I'd start getting the contractions. And so then I'd be like, Ooh, more and more. And so it didn't start out at the beginning, just mm, this huge amount. It was kind of slowly building up as she got bigger in my tummy. And so, and then actually right after, you know, a little bit after I had her, you know, I was nursing her and then I was going to, I was slowly stopping. And then I'm like, why am I not getting my period? And then the doctor was like, Oh, because you're pregnant again. <laughs> so then I had to still remain with the amounts I was taking. And it was only a year after. Come yeah, on. only a year. <laughs> but yeah, for that entire time. So her pregnancy, nursing, and then the other pregnancy, I was taking cannabis oils, you know, the increased amount for those pregnancies. And those girls were born on, you know, cannabis oil. And, you know, because their mom took it. And without it, they wouldn't have been born. So what I'm trying to tell, to share, you know, with everyone is that it's not going to make your children retarded or, you know, problems like that. <laughs> Learning disabled. Learning disabled. No. Our girls are very or... smart. I mean, they're writing, they're, they're already reading and it's. They met all their milestones plus some. Yeah. They're really good. So. It doesn't cause birth defects. It doesn't cause any kind of growth slowing or anything. No, there's no. And Yeah. Versus allopathic med, which would definitely have some effect. Yeah. Sure. All right. How supportive was uh, the medical profession to what you were doing? No. We had <laughs> no. Shake <laughs> Todd shaking all, his head. The whole time. In fact, the nurse is like, I don't, I know what you're going to do. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. And the doctors would note it, you know, patient advised not to use cannabis oil, patient using half teaspoon of cannabis oil every three hours to as an adjunct to her epilepsy meds, which she has discontinued. I mean, that's how they have to chart it. Yeah. Yeah. 
now they're much more supportive as things are becoming more legal um, right. across the United States. So now my doctors know about it. And they actually gave you epidiolex a bunch of times when you're up there having all the 75 holes drilled in your head <laughs> and the three craniotomies that they gave you. Yes, they actually gave you epidiolex now and again as they they would find a stash of epidiolex and give it to her, which is a pure CBD extract, really high powered. But I mean, it's it's CBD isolate. It's not mm-hmm. a full spectrum, so there's no THC at all in it, or any other mm-hmm. molecule at all in it, which is very strong antispasmodic, but it doesn't have the calming effects as the full spectrum does. Yeah, like I said before, THC. If I was to take a big dose of that, it'll actually make me more uplifted. trigger. It can trigger yeah. her to have more anxiety and because it's a, she has a low trigger for that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So I, I like, you know, a little bit of it <laughs> and then the higher CBD levels. Currently uh, we're using a blend, which is at only less than 1% THC. Less than one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's already been shown too, that the THC doesn't necessarily fight curing cancers and fight epilepsy. It was told the THC. They told Mm. me that the CBDs are what I need to use more of for the conditions I was in. But, you know, that's, you know, one person says one thing and one physician says another thing. So it's, it's kind of difficult because some are still supportive of it and some not Mm -hmm. so supportive. Yeah. I think (laughs) think some people, some doctors are trying when they, when the more they learn about THC, CBD and its effectiveness on treating illnesses, they'll want to, they're being told to steer people away from THC because of the war on drugs. And, uh, and so without any, any reference at all, I don't know who's telling them that, but I think they're more afraid the kids are going to get at it. You know, I don't know exactly what their, what their motive is, but for some reason it's okay. If it's epidiolex, it's not okay. If you make it at home, go figure. And you can, in the stores here now, they have like, a cannabis lotions and sunscreens oh, yeah. you can buy. It, yeah, it's it's CBD it's tea, <laughs> CBD massage. You can get everything yeah. CBD in Oregon now. Yeah. When you take your uh, cannabis oil, do you take it orally or by suppository? I take it orally, and that's why I try to. And, and I have my little measuring stick, and I mm-hmm. take my dose, and I try to encourage others that are dealing with you know, these type of medical problems that they need to take it orally because smoking it isn't going to, you know, destroy your cancer or, you know, it could possibly help your epilepsy lower to calm you down. But if you're really trying to fight things off, you need to be eating it. And, or, you know, you could. What it's made of? Yeah. I'm going to tell them. Secret blend. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) It's full extract cannabis oil with only one pass through a coffee filter. So it has a lot of solids in it. It's been winterized, but it has every bit of a cannabis plant in it from the stem to the flower. All the sun leaves are gone, but it has a lot of stem material in it. And uh, it's been aged probably a year almost. And then it's been decarboxylized at uh, 220 for half an hour. And then after all that, it's uh, <laughs> extracted with ethanol. And then once the ethanol has been evaporated off, you have the you have the you have the cannabis oil. Well, that cannabis oil has been 
now is being blended either with MCT oil or pumpkin seed oil, depending on how you like it, and make it in various degrees of strength from being like something like a one to four mixture for somebody who's really just doesn't want to take very much, just but a few drops, or all the way up to like 40 to one, somebody who's more comfortable taking 10 drops or 20 drops. It's easier to measure, harder to OD, because you can take too much CPD. <laughs> and the whole symptom is you're just going to be spaced out for a while because it does have THC in it. And uh, yeah, if some people would call that a, a side effect, some people call that a bonus mm-hmm. effect. I don't know. It just depends on the person. But again, I, I encourage people to use the coconut oil when you mix it, if you have like a cancer or something, because that's also been proven to fight cancers. So it's not just the the cannabis, you want to do, you know, a lifestyle improvement change. And mm-hmm. uh, when you're fighting off. The pumpkin seed oil is very similar, but it's darker in color. You don't want to rub the pumpkin seed oil on your skin. It's very dark colored. Whereas you could take the, the MCT oil version and that literally just rub it on your head or arm or elbow or knee or whatever. You could take a transdermal. Jessamine, given what you've been through with your your five surgeries and your seizures, if you had not found cannabis, would you be alive today? No. <laughs> I would say yeah. those pregnancies and then the depression and then the epilepsy increases and it just would have because that was uh, a point where you had uh, you were taking nothing you weren't taking cannabis oil and you were suicidal uh half the days of the week because of the pending death of the you know proposed to us by this third second cancer it was rough yeah and as soon as we started treating with cannabis oil like literally within hours she started feeling better about life just in general and and we had a hope (laughs) at that point that she could live because they were only offering allopathic like um, just um, radiation, uh, a little bit of chemo, but basically there is palliative care. Yeah. They offered us palliative care for her second tumor. First tumor, who would go in there and get it out? Second tumor, eh, good luck. <laughs> Three to six months and she'll be gone. But um, Get your affairs in order. That's exactly what he told us. Yeah. Get uh, your affairs in order. You get three to six months. And he didn't say that. He can't. They can't say that. They can't say that anymore. Those, those, no. The brain surgeons won't say. They won't give you a time frame. I said. He told me what it probably was. I said. I looked it up on NIC. You know, NIBIC. Anyways, the, the you know the the national NIH data. Yeah, and I and I just search queried how long do people last after getting a diagnosis of brainstem glioma says most people die immediately within the first 30 days. And then the other 11 to 33 months was the mean average. And then 0%, there's no, nobody lives through it. It's like a pancreatic cancer kind of a thing. And mm-hmm. live through it. And yeah. he, I asked him, I said, can we do it? Can we at least do a biopsy or anything to kind of see what we're working with? And he goes, if I biopsy it, it will kill you. It's in the center of her brainstem. You cannot do it. And, um, and so at that point, we just went full bore into the Gearson protocol. I don't know if you heard of Gearson. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Full bore. We didn't do the coffee enemas, but we did everything <laughs> else. I filled up an entire 12 by 12 shed full of paint thinners and everything else you could possibly think of with every kind of toxic thing in the house. It just emptied the house. We also, um, I also later via Facebook made a friend up in Canada and he contacted me because I do, I'm trying to, you know, do Miss Shakey's on 
Trying to spread the word. Trying to spread the word for Miss Shakey's on Facebook. And he found me and he had the exact same brainstem glioma and two small children and he was going to pass away. And he says, you know, what do you do? Because mine at that time. It was like four years ago. Yeah. Had Still gotten going. better. And uh, I said, well, you have to do the lifestyle change and then you have to use the cannabis oil and, you know, do all these things. And he did. And his shrank as well. And he is alive. Works good on brain tumors. Yeah. Yeah. You know who else uh, you helped is a fellow in Ontario named Steve Allgood. He had exactly the same thing you did. And two days before his wedding, he was diagnosed two days before his wedding and you influenced him to take cannabis. And we interviewed him just after you, uh, just before you, because he mentioned your name. That's how we got a hold of you. And uh, he now has a child. And he seems to be doing well. We should actually contact him to see, uh, to do a follow-up interview. It just goes to show you that what you have done for yourself has inspired other people. And uh, that's something you should be very, very proud of. And uh, Well, it's his help greatly, too, because my memory issues were so difficult. And um, I do want eventually to, we're going to share about how to create it in your home yourself, because, you know, mm-hmm. it's not all about making money and all this. It's about saving your life. And not everybody is, is rich and they can't afford yeah. the medication or the stuff that they're selling at the stores. Did yeah. you ever tell him about the Chinese lady and his little and her son who came over and spent um, six weeks with us and we treated him. And uh, as far as we know, he's still kicking. Yeah. So, yeah That's amazing. Have- yeah. And, uh, we got a bunch of other people from who contact you all over the yeah. place, and you. <laughs> she answers questions all all times of the day and night from people all over the world, all over the world, South America, Africa, Asia, Europe, Canada. She's yeah, she gets she gets a lot of queries. She can't remember them all, but <laughs> she just answers her questions straightforward. Yes, it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt your baby. It's, you know, the worst thing that could happen is you get you know a little too high and. <laughs> have to lay down and eat some Cheetos or something or whatever. I mean, what kind well, of medication? That's great. If you take too much opiates, what happens? You're pushing daisies. You yeah. Know? And then I'll try to, you know, just chill out and eat something with, you know, very low carbohydrate or no carbohydrate, and no sugar. Some people can't handle it. Yeah. A lot of people we get, we, we get going and they're just like, I can't do it. Even, even that tiny little bit amount of THC in the, in the CBD oil is enough to get them too loopy. Yeah. People have different tolerance levels. It is difficult. Do you know about six years ago, we interviewed this woman who, whose cat was dying and she gave the cat uh, THC. Remember this, Corey? And she gave the cat, she gave the cat the equivalent of a human dose of THC, you know, the half grain of rice. And the cat lasted an extra two years. Oh, wow. And it was fine. That's not going to kill but, you. It's going to make you very dizzy for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think what is inspiring in this story is, first of all, Jessamine, is your recovery from what you've been through. And secondly, it's the support you have of your husband, Todd, and the people that we've interviewed who have a supporting partner and will do anything for them and clean up their diet are usually the ones who are most successful. And I think you two exemplify that to 
the ninth degree. It's just, it's amazing to see how supportive he is of you and uh, you of him, even though you didn't recognize him when you got out of the operation. And I think it's just, uh, it's wonderful to see. And I think you inspire people all over the world. And I think that's something that you should be proud of. I know Corey does the same thing and she should be proud of what she does. And I think that all of this is an educational process that we have to go through for people to understand that what we're dealing with is a plant and it's not a toxic medicine. Definitely. That is why my, one of my goals is definitely, I am going to eventually possibly this summer, depending on how things are, if not by the winter, I want to eventually go in front of the White House and they can look all the way back at my past. And I want to say this needs to be completely legalized across the United States and, you know, Mm -hmm. drop down from being a uh, level one because it's, it's ridiculous. It's, they wouldn't have any medications you get at level one. It's, it's not right to be doing to people. And, did you tell them about your activism in the past, how you've been to when we live in Washington and she spoke in front of uh, the state legislature and they were passing or failing five uh, the recreational or was it medical? They were going to kick medical out of Washington state. And she testified in front of the full house, uh, uh, Washington state Senate or whatever house representatives. And she uh, brought them to tears and pa- they passed the bill. So now medical is still legal in Washington. And uh, and then she, when we moved to Oregon, she attended town halls and actually spoke with the Senator uh, uh, Jeff Merkley down here uh, to some great length. In fact, went on to then talk to the local news station about suing, joining a class action suit, joining, suing Jeff Sessions over legal maintaining legalization in new states. And now she wants to take it up to the next level and push <laughs> Biden administration to go for full federal legalization and she's a go-getter when it comes to yeah to making yeah. this thing happen and i know up in canada don't you have you have fairly liberal laws up there allow a lot of access to pretty much everybody is that true well it's a hundred percent legal up here but it's well, the, nothing nothing we'll for <laughs> cannabis patients or patients absolutely yeah it's, it's ridiculous it's a bit of a from the government government they're capped out at thirty percent THC. It's it's a gong show, is what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I'm friends with Vivian McPeak, and he runs Hemp Fest, and he's recorded me before. And I, I'm going to be doing a recording at the end of this month with him as well. And I'm just going to keep pushing it forward because you know um, somebody might need a higher dose of THC than me. And it needs to just be legalized, you know, 18 and over so that you can, you know, and then if you have the issues, your family or your mother or your father, whoever can give you the medication you need to improve yourself. But, you know, everybody's body is different and what we need for our own bodies is different and Mm -hmm. it needs to be legal enough or legalized everywhere so that we can take whatever THC, CBD amount we need to treat ourselves. Well, at least so that the regular uh, medical community can at least get a grasp on, you know, what what the benefit of this this amazing drug is so they can then figure out how to 
dose it and and prescribe it and you should be able to go pick it up at the pharmacy not have to make it i shouldn't have to do this in my garage <laughs> really i mean come on i don't have to make aspirin in my garage if i have a headache you know uh but w- w- this amazing drug that's obviously cured her cancer and and then again maintained her um epilepsy to a level she could deliver children with organic irretractable epilepsy which you know is just a miracle in itself and that in itself if not surviving the brain cancer that's one thing not you know just just carrying children yeah Wow. Yeah, you guys guys are really an inspiration and we want to thank you for doing this. And uh, we'll have a follow up in about five or 10 years and to see how you're doing, how your kids are. (laughs) And congratulations on your daughter's birthday today. Thank you very much. And we very much appreciate what you're doing because, you know, sharing is caring. And I, I want as many people to be able to just be more open-minded and understanding of this and, you know, keep taking one foot forward and it'll go. So thank you so much. Well, thank you're you. very welcome. Thank you. Very much appreciated. Before we go, I want to let our listeners know that you can help us spread the word about the amazing, often life-saving health benefits of cannabis just by sharing the podcast, writing a review or rating us. We very much appreciate uh, the help of everyone who's done that already. And we really like the five-star ratings. We'd also like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation on our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as $5 a month. It helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thank you for your support. It means so much to us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.